Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a four-six clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifestor journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifestor and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifestor journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifestor. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode on the Hunting for Purpose podcast. My name is Taylor, and I am one of the regular co-hosts here. I, you know, offer up my episodes about monthly, and this one's a juicy one. So if you heard my previous episode from July, then you know that I recently did a a beta version of a coaching container, something I hadn't hadn't sold this um, type of offer before. And there was a couple of reasons why I wanted to do this, but um, I share all about the details of that container in the previous episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, it may be challenging to get quite the context that you need for this one, but they both have their value. So I wanted to follow up for this episode um, because I think that we all talk about initiating an urge and we hear all of the success stories, but I don't think oftentimes we get a glimpse into the actual process of going from, I have an initiation all the way through well, what happened on the other side and how did your how did your, whoever's assisting you feel in that process? And what was the client's experience in that process? And so um, I wanted to kind of pull back the, the layers a little bit and let you all know what it was like for me as a manifester. Um, and then also to answer some of the questions that I frequently get. So I've been asked, what's, what's it like to have an urge? And how do I tell the difference between an urge and an idea? Um, what are the What are some of the experiences that come with initiating an urge? One of the things I hear a lot is that um, and what is thought to be an urge gets initiated and then it gets challenging and it gets overwhelming. and And then we start questioning, was that actually an urge or am I in alignment or can I continue this? And I think, um, that's just one of the myths that we kind of need to address is that having an urge does not give you a pass on um, the realities of being human and having an urge and and being in alignment to even receive said urge still does not graduate you from being amongst people, working with technology, having to maintain your life, the bills, like all of that gets factored in. And you can acknowledge that you have an urge, but how you initiate it or execute that urge is informed by your lifestyle. Your body will inform you. Your family will inform you. And as manifestors, I think we often forget that we are informed and that is equally as, as valuable 
as informing others. So I wanted to offer that, that to you. And the other reason why I chose um, to do this particular episode and to do a um, to do this kind of beta boxer container, so to speak, is that I knew that in executing this that I would need help. And I had through through a lot of trial and error as a one three, you know, I've initiated quite a few things and didn't want to finish because of how depleted and exhausted I felt at the end. And just kind of having a little undiagnosed, unofficial PTSD after trying to get stuff off the ground and be the front and the back and the engine and all of that. And so I knew that I would need help, but I also know that there isn't a lot of content um, in the HD space around what the dynamic is like for manifestors to get help and how do they work with help. And oftentimes that help is not another manifestor. Um, You all hear a lot about Holly's community and, and the manifestor community, and that's beautiful. I think almost everyone, if not everyone in that particular business is a manifester and that has a unique experience for sure. And there's value in that. At the same time, um, some of our initiators need generator energy. Some of them need projector guidance. Some of them need a reflector. And it's important to be transparent about some of the challenges that will um, kind of create for you in the process of initiating an urge. Um, so I want to, that, that's part of that. All of that is why I have um, wanted to do this episode in particular. Um, and so I want to tell you why I wanted to do um, the, the beta Voxer container. So that was my urge to do, to offer what I call asynchronous coaching. So up until now, I primarily offered coaching that was one-to-one or one-to-a-group on a typically some sort of video conferencing call or, um, or on a phone call um, or in person. And I have loved all of those options. Um, however, when COVID became what it is, pretty much my entire coaching business moved online and it was still Boxer, um, excuse me, it was still Zoom coaching or video conference coaching. And I would add on to it a boxer opportunity. So I allowed clients to message me in between sessions to um, continue to catalyze them until the next session. And one of the consistent um, pieces of feedback I got over the years is that the boxer in between the sessions was often. They said, that's so valuable. It might even be more valuable than what we did in the one hour together or in the two hours together. And so I loved the boxer because I didn't have to schedule an appointment. I know not, I no longer needed to rent an office, office space. So there was a couple of factors that kind of drew me to this idea of doing boxer coaching. Also, I think it's important as manifestors to be informed by what's happening in the world around us. It doesn't determine what we initiate, but it definitely should inform us. Um, And so I noticed the changes in our economy. I also noticed the changes in the coaching industry specifically, specifically around um, consumer trust and the desire for greater access to the mentors that they follow. Consumers wanted more transparency 
Don't just tell me you're great. Don't just tell me that you made six or seven or eight figures. Tell me what's different about the way that you did it versus what I have to go through. And um, so there was just, the consumers were becoming more informed and more uh, judicious or critical of the coaches that they followed, which more power to them, no judgment. Pardon technical difficulty. Um, and then the other thing is I wanted a more mobile lifestyle. I had noticed that sta- staring at the computer screen was giving me headaches and I was starting to take medication more often than I desired to. And so I had a physical need. I had a kind of an emotional investment, um, but also I was just being informed. I was informed from feedback and I was informed in the present by just kind of the situation. So what I initially did after kind of having, recognizing that this is a desire for me, and and I should put a caveat here, my motivation in human design, that means that top right arrow is desire motivation. So for me noticing, hey, this is where, like I have this pull to get involved. I have this pull to try something. That's my clue that I'm, I'm operating within my design, that I am supported enough to recognize where I want to be involved. If you have a different motivation, your clue will be different. So if your clue is innocence motivation, you might notice a detachment. You know, I'm unattached to how this turns out. I'm open to what this could become. I feel open and receptive to this. I'm willing to see where this goes. And that may not be your language for it, but it's going to be different for everyone's motivation. So don't take it like you're going to know for sure, fall, you know, head over heels. This is it. You may not. That's just my design coming out. But however you recognize it, I noticed for me a desire rising. And so I started asking around, not for opinions on my urge. That is so important as manifestors. I asked absolutely zero people if they thought I should do this. That's not the question. The question that I asked them is, have you ever experienced asynchronous coaching? If so, will you tell me what that was like for you? Um, I asked them questions like, I asked past clients, what value did you experience in strictly the Voxer container? Because what I needed to know is what aspects of Voxer did I need to protect? Because that it, that's how it translated and which parts I didn't need to necessarily be protective about. So that informed me. It did not determine what I did at all. It allowed me to um, deliver my initiation or my urge from a very informed place, which this is a, another plug for as a manifester, we really need to evaluate, we need to value being informed as much as we value informing other people. So advocating to be informed is very helpful, just as helpful as valuing, letting folks know what's up. So I started the process. I mentioned it on an episode, I think maybe two or three episodes ago, I had mentioned that I was interested in doing this kind of beta container Um, on a couple of consults. I just kind of offered it on the side, like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Would you be interested? And the answer usually was what's boxer? What is asynchronous coaching? And that informed me, Oh, I can't just say Voxer coaching. Folks don't necessarily know outside of the coaching industry what that is. So I'm constantly being informed by the process. 
eventually I kept, I clarified what that was and folks responded. Now, once somebody responds, I know, and my business partner knows that I need help. I'm not the one to, to, I can tell you when your customer journey is jacked up, but if you make me build your customer journey, then I'm not going to evaluate it. I can't, I, I don't play both roles well. I'm either the creative and the ideator and the initiator or um, the labor, but I, I don't do both and, and experience that entire process well. So I had already decided that if this worked, I was going to recruit. Here's where I think it's really important. Um, it's really important as a manifester to not get attached to who helps, who assists you. Be attached to having help. Be attached to doing this initiation in a way that is supportive of your design and your lifestyle. However, don't assume that you know who is going to fill that container for you. Even if you have employees and you think you're going to assign them this project, you never know. If somebody says, I'm going on maternity leave, or I'm quitting, or I have a new opportunity. And I think that is something that often trips manifestors up is they attach people to the initiation. And that's not something that we always know. Um, and someone opting out does not define the success or predict the success or failure. You having the support that you need is connected to the, in air quotes, success or failure. So my my business partner and I have this joke that says, you know, if you don't help these folks, they're not going to get coached. And I, we joke about that and we're both Southern a bit. So, you know, we say it with the accent and everything. Um, we joke about that. But as a manifester, I say that out loud, both to inform my partner, but also so that I hear it. It is not all on me. I get an out if I'm not supported. I get to say not now if I don't have what I need. At any given point, if I'm not getting what I need, no one else gets what they need. And that maintains the, um, the initiating energy, the potency as a manifester in initiating. It actually creates ease when you, when you uphold standards. So it's a joke, but it, I'm not joking. Like, it's not funny. Like, I'm really, there will be one person in that that container if my if my business partner or somebody else didn't help. So this um, the last thing I wanted to kind of really touch on is I just told you, don't be attached to who it is. Go to who you think might be invested or, you know, follow your, your guide or whatever you do. But don't be shocked if they have another experience. So the way that I chose to inform my business partner is this is what I have started. I think you could help me with this. Are you willing? And I asked her a yes or no question because my business partner happens to be a manager. And I knew that while she's an emotional manager, if she don't have some sacral interest, ain't nothing getting off the ground. She, she won't even entertain an urge or an emotional wave if she doesn't feel a tickle in some words she made up. I don't know. I don't have a sacral center. So, um, I went to her and I asked if she would be interested or willing to take on the execution, the more tactical pieces of this initiation. And um, the last the, kind of where I wanted to land this point is as manifestors, 
We cannot take it personal how someone goes through their process. So her response was not, oh, of course. Now, keep in mind, my business partner is overqualified for what I asked her to do. So she could not come back to me and say, oh, I don't know how, because we both know she was lying. But she can say no. Or she can say, I need to think about it. And in this particular situation, that's what she said. Let me think about it. What are you thinking? And as she began to ask questions, that clued me into, um, or that informed me that there were aspects of the urge that were still coming through. Now, remember, I'm an emotional manifester, so I never get the whole message in one swoop. It comes in waves. I go through waves. And so by her questions, I was being informed of what may be coming on the next wave. So I've shared a lot about my experience. And now I think it's really important that you hear from the person who worked with a manifester through a beta experience. So surprise, surprise, my business partner is here on this episode. Jennifer Moore, take it away. Absolutely. So yes, Jennifer Moore, Manny Jen, and a business partner to a manifester, one three emotional manifester. And um, just to kind of tag on to where she left off, um, when she reached out to just say, this is what I'm doing. This is what I did. This is what's been done. Um, I really, as a maybe even a deconditioning Manny Jen, had to not rush in with the initial sacral response to "Uh uh-huh like yeah I feel like a yes but tell me more and I think sometimes that I think as as generator types or many gens we we can sometimes understand and hear like the life that may come out of a manifester and we want to a lot of times say yes 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 that sounds wonderful but we don't necessarily, it may not be something that we actually have a sacral response to. And I've been thinking about it in the terms of, uh-huh, being like, my energy is revving up, like, ah, uh, tell me more, or uh-uh, where my energy is not responsive, like it's shutting down at the thought, not of the idea or the urge or the creation or this beautiful thing that she's thinking of or the vision, but it's 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 like my, I'm not going to have sustenance in in generating that and so just taking a step to say okay Jen my my sacral was like "Uh uh-huh tell me more and being able to like so I need some more details let me see what you done done we got ourselves into and um tell me more and and I think that that can sometimes be vulnerable so I was just kind of letting her know this is what it is it's it's not you it's it's me I need more information and, and in doing that, I think you're, you're right, Taylor, like it really just, it created this really beautiful dance of tell me more about this. And that gave you opportunity to clarify what this is. Well, well, they did an application or I want them to do an application. Well, why an application? What are you looking for in the application? I don't, it, it was like this, this back and forth of like, what, it was just re- this really beautiful refining of the urge. And all, that also would, yeah, that would also clue me into is this something that I, is my, is my sequel revving up or is it not? Or mm-hmm. what do I see as blockers to that and all of that? So that was the first, um, the first piece of it. And then as we, and then I think at one point it was like, uh-huh, let's go, let's do this. And it was just a full, clear, 
I don't think it even took us 24 hours, maybe 24. I, don't feel like I just like waited. Day. I didn't I didn't watch the clock because I knew <laughs> it wasn't nothing going to happen beyond a thank you for applying. I'll let you know when I have help. That was what I was going <laughs> to say to folks because I know as a one three y'all, this is a subtle plug for the one threes or anybody with the third line. Get comfortable with saying not now to your next adventure. Stop, don't make that something about you and you're not prepared for life. No, you're a person who's just obsessed with experiments and adventures and, you know, turn some of the, the irons on the stove off for a second so that you have a quality of life. And so I was completely prepared to be like, not now. Oops, mm-hmm. no help. So That's wait so till I find him. Yeah. So anyways. Good to know. And trust but is. don't take that far. This was not for you. That was for the one threes. I'm like, noted. Thank you. <laughs> but to your to um to your point, one of the things that we did notice over the last year is how important it is for us to begin building our business in a way that supports temporary offers, pop-up yes. offers, not building entire infrastructures around something that we haven't decided will be evergreen or eternal. Absolutely. And so it, I, I know I told you all earlier, like if that person doesn't want to do it, then you can find other help. And that is true. But in this specific situation, I knew that my business partner and I were specifically figuring out what types of offers could be temporary or seasonal. And so it was important to me to know if in her feedback, it was something that she didn't think could be temporary or she just didn't have an interest in. That was important for our dynamic and our business. So you'll hear me attached to her, but it's for that reason, not because I didn't think I could box or coach without her. Right. Absolutely. I think I I totally agree. That's definitely a, a major foundational factor because I wasn't thinking about what's going to be required of me energetically to build this to scale. Mm -hmm. It was, what do we need? What do we need to try this and kind Mm -hmm. of release myself to not. And I think, you know, over the, over this past year, as as we've been coming to that realization, like it has it has relieved me and like given me the freedom to just look at an isolated offer and lean into, lean into your one, three manifest manifestations, if you will, or your visions and initiations to say like, we can just try it. What does it need to just try it? And um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think as we begin to refine what this was, I think one of the, one of the things that I really wanted to process was, how do we align this with, how do we align the coaching and the, the delivery of the service with the whole journey? I mean, that's what you mm-hmm. said to me. You were like, I need the customer journey thing, some things with some left arrows. I know you know how to do this. So it was like, okay, well, how do we align like that whole process so that there is a flow? And what do you see that being? Um, and I wanted to make sure that your experience of it was aligned because in my mind, I'm thinking, I know you're a one, three manifester. And as my business partner, it's really important to me that if this is an experiment or a trial or a beta that we are truly testing or in trial and erroring, um, 
what's important to, so that we know that if this was a win or if this was successful, if this is foundational. And so it was um, really teasing out the things that would allow for us to test for those true things versus there being a distraction or there being, you know, it's, I don't know, I kind of think about it like an experiment. You want to have a sterile laboratory, like you want to have a mm. sterile environment so that you're really just testing what you want to test. And if it's yeah. how, how is it, how does async work? Is it, do you people get just as much um, interaction and do they feel like it's too much time so that we're testing those things, those factors or, or variables, if you will, instead of we just tired because we didn't set things up ahead of time or it's just lazy yeah. because of this and the other, like that's not a true test because right. now we have contamination of other Ex- things. Essentially. Exactly. <laughs> right. and I yeah. Like, you I just know. didn't do a plan. <laughs> you just don't know what you're, that's not, this is a bad idea. <laughs> we don't know if we that's, you it, didn't if ask we a were, question. We were just tired. Like, <laughs> you could have Googled solutions to that and everybody <laughs> on Google would have told you to no. email somebody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, exactly. I want to add here though, because you're bringing up a really good point is that as a manifester, specifically as a one, three with the desire motivation, I have a strong investment. My energy, my power is directly connected to what do I want to know? What experience do I want to be in? Now, I know that that can sound like I don't care about other people. I trust that whatever I want to do is going to benefit other people, but I cannot look at other people to determine if it's something I'm invested in. And one of the things I learned from this container is that if you had told me before that I had to coach um, what ended up to be like 11 people or Mm -hmm. 12 people. Yeah. If you, if you told me that I had to coach 11 people for two weeks, six months ago, or a year ago, I would have told you no, because I would have assumed it would be too exhausting and I wouldn't be able to help them. But today or recently, I had a biological, physiological desire to do that. Mm-hmm. And that one, that's one of the things that I learned is that intellectually, you're not always going to get it, but look at your design. If your design thrives in experience, if your body, if your physiology thrives in this experimental place, then It doesn't serve you to be in business meetings where every conversation is about evergreen. That's not a space. Your body is going to thrive and it's going to be very difficult to access your own motivation and your own perspective. So it is so nourishing for my design specifically that we always call it a beta. It's always a no promise for the future. There's no guarantee. And as a matter of fact, Um, I actually wanted to offer this again. And I noticed that I started thinking, oh, this would, this is really successful and we should just make this evergreen. And all of a sudden it was like, just kidding. I don't want to talk to these folks. And it's not personal. It's just my physiology demands that there be this kind of in it, ability to make a bond, break up with it. And so um, that's something that I learned from this. And I would just offer to any manifester that's listening is really notice when you have to drum up energy versus when it just, it just flows. Yes. For okay. Sure. Yep. Yep. So, and we, we definitely learned 
I've learned over our time working together and being partners of like to really help or to really tease out, do you want to do this? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I just, if, if you, re- if she really, listen, people, I'd be lying. If she really, really want to do it, it is just like, it's such an attractive thing for others to not just want to do it with her or join, but it benefits the other. And it, I'm like, are you, are, do you have what you need? And it, it, do, is this exciting for you? Do you want to do applications? Do you want to talk to all of them? How quickly do you want to respond? Like I'm asking all of those things, not just to set up the, the process, but I need to make sure we good because yeah. that's, that's like, it's almost like money. Like it's just, it's just going to yeah. hit in a different yeah. way. That's a good point because you said it kind of in passing earlier that you are quad left and I'm three parts right. The only part I hold a left is in the part that keeps me busy, (laughs) but everything else that thinks or decides is all right. And so this is somewhere that I see a lot of manifestors kind of uh, tripping themselves up, especially in business is they try to build a business that serves being right instead of filling in the places where leftness is needed. It mm-hmm. sounds, it doesn't sound like there's a big distinction there, but it's subtle, but it's critical. For example, the customer journey is a very strategic thing that you do. The rightness in me allows me to kind of be able to kind of go with the process as a left person is working out the strategy. I don't try to make my right side strategic. And I also don't tell myself that customer journeys don't require strategy because I'm right. Mm -hmm. No, (laughs) it's not sustainable. Strategy is required. And there is a way to create that strategy that doesn't ask me to operate outside of who I am. That doesn't mean I build a whole case for why this doesn't need strategy. Yes. It, it's and a waste of time. So, yeah, that's, that's so good because I think that one of the things that we learn in human design is this, it's all about community. Like if yeah. you can, if you can eliminate the need for the left or eliminate the need for yourself, if you're right, then we don't need each other. There's no, there's no usefulness yeah. for relationships. So totally agree. Um, so yeah, it was just, getting to the place where we understand what we were truly testing for and setting those yeah. things up and teasing all of that out so that when we got to the end of this, regardless of what happened, and I think this may be my innocence motivation, like regardless of what happened, we had the data of what we liked, what we didn't like, what worked, what didn't work. Was this a success? How was that? What were the metrics of that? Um, and and I think that, you know, at the end of it, spoiler alert, like <laughs> since it is the end, um, it was in, it was very enjoyable to put it together for me um, in part because I was, you know, getting that information ahead of time as much as I could. But it was also being a four one, being able to support my business partner in this pool data, which is always fun for me with that one line. And also hear that like what Taylor was initiating as far as asynchronous and accessibility and depth and an intimacy that didn't require you to sit in front of a screen for two hours or an hour and a half. Like this is like what she was picking up and what was informing her. This is, this is, there's a truth there. 
And how do we want to deal with that and move on from there? Yeah. I think my takeaway from the experience is it, one, it created a lot of self-trust mm-hmm. and a lot more awareness around what is the atmosphere or the energy space I need to be in for things to happen effortlessly, so to speak. And for me, that is keeping a very light touch, a very experimental energy. It has to be connected to something I want to know more about. I had a theory that everyone was saying they wanted to hire me for a human design reading or they want to hire somebody to do a reading for them. But what they really wanted is to be able to be intimate have an intimate conversation over time about their specific design. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't a lot of containers that, that didn't make that like a formal mentorship that you have to do over six months. I, I, I just felt like there you get, I've noticed in general that in the human design community or people who are kind of approaching it, there's this season that they hit where they just want to know about their chart and it doesn't last forever you know, they could have heard about human design five years ago, but for some reason in this month, they need to know everything about their chart. And that's not something I can put a PDF and send to you. Not everybody's ready to like live their design. There is a phase called just be informed. Just, I want to understand what they're talking about, but so I can decide if I want to try it. And so my hope for this, or my intention, I should say, for this container was also to create space for those people who just wanted me to look at their chart, answer their questions, and give experimental information. And what I found is that that is one of the key things that they said, and the feedback was extremely valuable, is how everything could be tied back to something in their chart, but their chart didn't dictate our conversation. And so that, that's something that I take away that kind of just, I guess, confirmed my values in that way, but also, um, built more self-trust in that I can trust what I'm seeing and what I want to investigate that there's value there. Mm -hmm. Um, and just also that one of the things that came out of that is several of my clients now want to offer this for their clients. Mm -hmm. And that I wanted to share with you all as well, because that's a manifestor initiating. That's being catalytic. Catalytic isn't me walking up to you and tell you, telling you, go do this. It's not bossing people around. It's showing up in a way that they can fully experience you. And that drives them or, or tri- not triggers, but like connects with something on the inside of them. And then they are able to be more of who they are, yes. not follow your directions. And so Um, it was, that was one of the consistent feedbacks that I got. It's just, I've been, I knew I kind of, I like this. I think I want to incorporate it too. And, you know, one person asked, is it okay with you if I copy this? And I'm like, I stole pieces of this from somebody else. This is jerry-rigged together. Like I'm just making it up and answering Jen's questions as we go. Like, Maybe Jen will write up a template for you, but I just was taping stuff together. So I think that's beautiful, you know, that that they were able to experience something that clarified their desires. Absolutely. And I think that's just the beauty of authenticity and being who you are. So Jen, did you want to add anything else? Nope, that's it. Look at that Manny Jen just <laughs> shutting it down. That's what she says to me. No. And then she walks away uninterested, (laughs) uninvested. 
Um, so the last thing we want to do, Jen and I really wanted to make available to you is we invited um, our clients to, you know, offer their experience to you. And I wanted you to hear from a client. And this is, to be clear, not intended to be a testimonial about, oh my gosh, I made $5,000. I don't have a clue. I didn't look for that data. That is not my business. What they did with it. My business is what was the experience like for you while I was having my experience? Because I have a closed door. I don't know what's happening for you. And so I wanted to make sure that there was an avenue for them to share how they experienced me loving my experiment. And so I asked them to offer a little audio clip and I want to share Alexis's with you. So just a minute, I'll play that for you. And um I'm a 3-5 emotional manifester and by trade I'm a portrait photographer. This was my fourth time being in some kind of mentoring relationship and it was my first container with someone who was not a middle-aged white man and also who was incorporating human design. In those three private experiences only one of them treated me as if I'm capable of making good decisions. So the most valuable thing for me was right off the bat that Taylor acted as a mirror. She really made me feel respected and valued for my abilities, not just as, of course, she assumes that I know what I'm doing as a photographer, but also that I know what I'm doing as running a business. She never came at it from a point of view of I'm the expert and therefore I know best what it is that you need to be doing. And also when it came to human design where I had a lot of questions from reading from a lot of different people that made everything a little bit confusing I guess, she never treated it like I know these therefore this is the right thing and made me feel like belittled in anything that she would say no I think you misunderstood what they meant or they misunderstood what these meant and then passed it along and uh oh I'm really bad at thinking off my feet mm. right that's kind of relevant to what I wanted to say because the fact that it was on Wotzer rather than having to sit face to face really helped me to be able to write down and keep track of my thoughts and having the opportunity to go back and mull over and adjust course if something needed to be circled back to I could be like can we go back to these things I brought up yesterday and so I kind of could be more organized and it made it a lot more efficient I had one goal for the two weeks period and the pace allowed me to have this flow of circling back on the, even if I went off a tangent that was necessary, still going back so that two weeks were enough. So I guess it is two weeks, it's a lot of days, and, but it would have ended up the same issue in six months if it was some kind of, we meet once a week, sit there for an hour. So I really appreciated that I really loved it. Thank you so much. All right. So the only thing I really wanted you all to take away or kind of 
consider with this is that if you have an urge that you know is on your, you know, heart to do, um, consider the difference between owning it and executing it and do, you know, what role or where's your, where is your energy required? Your energy may not be required in the way that you think in the execution of it. And then also you don't have to take it personal, how other people experience your urge. Their hesitancy is not a reflection of the quality or potential success of your urge. Their need for more information does not mean that you didn't give enough information. It just means that they have questions they need to answer and you're the best person to ask because you have the urge. And so that that's really important. And then the last thing I wanted to say is that everyone benefits from you being you. And the hardest part is to figure out who you are. That is the hardest thing in a world that has a bunch of suggestions about how you should be, what is best, what's most beneficial, what's most lucrative. The audacity to commit to a life of clarifying, no, actually, this is how I work. No, actually, I'm not interested in that. No, actually, I want to be charged more. I want to be paid, I want to be paid more. Or actually, I actually don't care how much I get paid for this. I know that this could be somebody's evergreen funnel, but for me, this is a two-week experiment. 350 is good and and move on. And so um, I think that that's important. If you have any urges or if you have anything that you would love to kind of work with me on in another two-week container, you think you might be interested in getting to, in this container with me, um, I cannot guarantee when I will do it again, because, you know, I have to be invested in investigating something. However, because I work with Amanda Jen, she created an interest form and I might be interested in knowing what you want to talk about. <laughs> so I suggest, in all seriousness, I suggest that you um, click the interest form link in our, uh, in the show notes and just let me know you're interested and let me know kind of what you're thinking you'd want to talk about. And as I open up spaces, if I open up spaces, the people on the list will be the first to know. So that's all I have for you. I hope this episode was valuable. If you didn't, if you had a question that we didn't touch on, please share this in your story and ask the question because I will answer your question in my stories. I will tag you and answer your question. And that is doing double duty. It's called marketing. That's what we're doing, marketing. So we're going to work together on this. It's going to be great. All right, let me know. Thanks, Jen, for coming on. And I'll see you later. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here. And whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation, and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to 
or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifestor Community. Until next time, please manifestors keep hunting for purpose.